Romans chapter 7. It says, uh, verse 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I'm doing I do not understand, for what I will to do that I do not practice, but what I hate that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that is, that is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So here's, a, here's Paul. He says, I'm saved, but there's still sin dwelling in me. Uh, I, I know a lot of people think, well, what? You know, it's like, I thought when I got saved, I got rid of sin. No, you got forgiven of sin. But it's a whole nother matter to deal and to walk being free from sin. We're going to talk about that. In verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Hmm. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do is good. So how, how many of you see the contrast here Paul's talking about? He says, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members or my body. Notice verse 24. It says, oh, what a miserable person I am. King New King James says, what a, a, a wretched man that I am. He goes on to say, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Paul says, I, this, this thing is tormenting me. And then in verse 25, he says, thank God, the answer. He got the answer. I'm here to tell you the answer is here today. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the, the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And then we drop down to verse 5 of Romans chapter 8. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is... Here, here's what we're all looking for today. Come on, those online, here, here it is. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for some peace today, right? And God's Word promises peace, nothing missing and nothing broken. Father, bless your Word today. I pray, God, that you would give me a fresh anointing to communicate, to articulate. May God, celebration, the family, the community of celebration, those in this room, those that are online, God, that you would, you would change us forever, that answers and help would come to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen and amen. Paul is saying once again, I, I have this conflict in my life between my desires and between my actions. Paul says, I've been saved. Jesus is living in me, and I want to do the right thing, but I find myself usually doing the wrong thing. He says, I'm saved. I love Jesus with all my heart. But I continually find myself in the same old mess, same problems, same situations, doing the same things. Last week I told you that when I read something like that, it makes me feel a whole lot better about myself. Like I'm not the only one. Is anybody thankful that at least Paul took some time in the Bible 
to talk about uh, that he had a, a struggle and an internal conflict going on on the inside of him. Paul says, it's in my inward man. He says, I, I love to do the things of God. I, I delight in the ways of God. I want to do what is right. I want to live for Jesus on the inside. Then Paul says, my, my flesh, its nature has a whole nother life for me and it delights in sin and it wants to do the wrong thing and it's constantly working against me, trying to drag my life into captivity. Paul says, I'm wretched, I'm tormented, I'm miserable. I'm a Christian, but I'm being held captive. And Paul says, this is a horrible way to live. And I think many church-going people can relate to this Captive Christians, saved but still living under the bondage of who they used to be. Um, and what people don't realize is getting saved actually initiates a war within yourself or a conflict. So to understand, and this is all review, and it's going to help us go where we need to go so that we can speak into the issues of our day. Um, to understand what Paul is talking about, we have to understand that, that, that mankind has three different parts, that we need to understand the anatomy of our humanity. So, so let's see if we can go back through it again. We have our props. Uh, this is, uh, they got a great pick of me again. And uh, this guy rep right here represents uh, your spirit man. Understand that you are three-dimensional. Three dimensions. There are three parts to your humanity. You are a you are a spirit, according to the Word of God, and we taught this last week. You are a spirit, and with your spirit, you have um, godly consciousness. You are aware of God. You can connect with God, and God can connect with you because you are a spirit. It gives you uh, godly consciousness. Now, before you get saved, please understand that because of Adam's sin, that sin became humanity's sin. So that before you get saved and before you surrender your life to Jesus, the Bible says that you are spiritually dead, uh, which means that you are just simply separated from God. This is who you are. You are a spirit, but then the Bible says you possess a soul which contains your mind and your will and your emotions, your soul gives you self-consciousness. In other words, it makes you aware of yourself. It makes you aware of your victories. It makes you aware of your defeats, your successes, your failures. It, it makes you aware. It, it gives you, it's where you store your memories. It's, uh, it's where your, uh, again, your mind, your will and emotions. It's where you exercise your, your will. It's where you're your chooser is. It's where you make your decisions for life. The decisions you make for your life doesn't come out of your spirit, does not come out of your flesh. It comes right here out of your soul. And it's in your soul that you store all your experiences, whether they be good or bad. And before you got saved, the Bible is very clear that your soul is broken. Most of humanity's problems comes from their soul. And the Bible's very clear that when Adam ate of the tree, which was not an apple tree, but it was a knowledge tree, that when he ate of that knowledge, it affected all of mankind's soul. It affected their mind, their will, and their emotions. So you start out with a broken soul. Why? Because 
Adam chose to get information outside of God, which messed up his thinking. He went to the world to get his thinking and not to God to get to his thinking. So man's soul, before you're saved, is in a broken condition. And then the Bible says you live in a body. The body gives you world consciousness. The Bible makes you aware of what is going on on this earth. It allows you to experience the earth. You know whether it's cold or hot in this room, whether it's rainy or sunshine outside because you have a body. The reason why you know there's a coronavirus going on is because you have an earthly awareness. And, 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 and there is news and there's earthly things that is feeding your flesh. This gives you, in, in other words, if you was to go to the moon, you would have to have a moon suit to exist. To be on earth, you have to have an earth suit to exist. This is your earth suit. Now, now before, listen, the Bible says that in your flesh, there is, a, there is a desire for sin. It has a sin nature. Let's just say it this way, is that this is just naughty by nature. You are three parts. You are a spirit. You possess a soul, and you live in a body. If you was to die right now physically, we would have your funeral, we'd put your body in the ground, and these two parts of you would live forever and ever and ever in eternity. Now, to understand what Paul is saying, we've got to understand that, that, that there are three parts to our humanity. But you need to understand, not only is there three parts to your humanity, but you are actually being saved in three different parts. When you call upon the name of the Lord and surrender your life to Jesus, you need to understand that it is your spirit man that instantly becomes alive. The life of God comes. When you call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. How many of you follow me with me? The Bible says you become perfect, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you become a new creation, a new person. That work of salvation happens, listen, happens instantly when you call upon the name of the Lord. When you called upon the name of the Lord, the instant work of salvation, the righteousness, it hits your spirit, the life of God, the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. But what happens to your flesh? Good question. The Bible teaches us that nothing happens to your, your flesh. Actually, the Bible teaches that your flesh cannot be saved and will not be saved. On this earth, the Bible says that you will have to drag this thing around with its sin nature, its desire to do wrong. Remember, Paul says, there's nothing good in my body. That's the warfare that he's going on. So, so as long as you are on earth, the Bible says you will have to contend with a body that cannot and will not be saved. But when you die, the Bible says in the next life, you will get a resurrected body. Not a flesh and blood body, but a flesh and bone body. And thank God for that. So, so your, your physical body is not saved. So your spirit man is saved instantly. Nothing happens to your flesh nature. It has a sinful nature in it. And then the Bible says the moment you are saved, call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says that your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. The Bible says initially nothing happens to your soul. 
The Bible says that your soul, the moment you get saved, is now in the process of being saved. In fact, the Bible says it like this, and we'll go to it. It says in, it says in James 1.21, it says, therefore, this is what happens to your soul. It says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your, your what? Your souls. So your spirit is saved instantly. Your flesh cannot be saved upon the earth. It has a nature. It has a desire for sin. But the Bible says that your soul, understand it's the umpire of your life because it makes the decisions in your life. It's your mind, your will, and emotions. The Bible says that your soul is in the process of being saved. Remember, your soul is broken because of Adam's choice to, to eat of the tree of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. Now, what is going to take place is that you begin to hear the word of God in your soul. You begin to receive the word of God. You begin to plant the word of God in your soul. And the more you plant the word of God in your soul, the more this guy catches up with who you are on the inside. So your soul is in the process of being saved. It's trying to catch up with the perfection and the life of God in your spirit Man, notice it said receive the implanted word. What is the implanted word? It is the word that sticks with you. It is the word that you apply to your life. The, the word that I'm teaching right now, those that are watching online are in this room. If you're just hearing it and it's going through one ear and out the other, that's not implanted word. It's only the, the only word that's going to change your life is the word that sticks with you, the word that you choose to make it a part of your life. That is the implanted word. And the more planting of the word you do in this guy, it's going to catch up to this guy, and then you've got a majority going on in your life. Notice what, 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 what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Maybe I ought to slow down a little bit and read that. Be not conformed to this, this world. Be, be not conformed to CNN News. Be not conformed to Fox News, whatever your news of choice is. Be not conformed. Don't be fashioned. Don't be shaped. Don't let the world dictate what's going on in your life. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to be transformed. The transformation, what? By the renewing of your mind. And when I renew my mind to the Word of God, then I begin to experience the good, the acceptable, and the per this guy catches up to what happened in your spirit, and you begin to experience the perfect will of Almighty God. So, so to understand what Paul's talking about, you've got to understand that there are three parts to you, and you must understand, and most church-going people don't understand that, is that when you're saved, you're saved in three different parts. If you never renew your mind to the Word of God, you are going to live a frustrated life because you've got your spirit who wants to please God and you have your flesh that does not want to please God. Your flesh did not want to come to church. Your flesh doesn't want to give. It doesn't want to love. It doesn't want to do anything that the Bible tells you to do. And the one that decides who wins the battle is this guy right here. He's the ref. 
to your life. He's the one that makes the decisions to your life. That's the reason why Paul says, I've got this war going on. Man, I'm saved. I want to do right. I want to please God. There, there's something in me that wants to do what God's saying to do. But the, he says, I find this other nature in me. He says, he says, it's the law of sin. Notice the Bible says it's the law of sin. It wants to, it's a law in your flesh. The Bible talks about 17 different desires that's in the DNA of your flesh that wants to sin. If you live your life by this guy, it can, it can flush your life down the toilet before supper time. It can take you and begin to start doing things that, that you would never dream you would do if you yield to it. And the deciding factor is right here in your soul. Paul says, I'm frustrated. I'm miserable. I want to do right, but I have this other guy I keep dragging around that keeps wanting to do wrong. Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, miserable person. I'm frustrated with this Christian walk. What am I going to do? Thank God the Bible doesn't leave us there. But a lot of us, we pray the prayer and we think that's it. And we stay right there and we live miserable, captive lives, never experiencing the quality of life that God has promised. John 10.10 promises us that we are to have life and to have it more abundantly. But your quality of life does not happen through a prayer of salvation, repeat after a pastor. Your quality of life begins the moment you begin to start renewing your mind with the word of Almighty God. Can I get a big amen? Paul says, I found the answer. He says, he says, he says, it's in Romans 8, 5, and 6. Let's read this again. He says, for those who live according, excuse me, let me go back in Romans chapter 7, verse 25, and then we'll go to 8. He says, thank God the answer, because this is very important, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul says this, there's this, 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 this fight that's going on in my life. He said, but he says, I figured out this thing. I figured out the answer. The answer is, is in Jesus Christ. But he goes on to really clarify the answer. He says, for with my mind, with my mind, I serve the flesh. And with my mind, I serve the spirit. Notice that you don't serve God with your spirit. We worship God with our spirit. But if you're going to serve God on a daily basis, Listen, it's not mystical. It's not out of the spirit, man. It's right here with your chooser, with your decision maker. If you're going to if you're going to serve God, it's going to be because you have made a decision in your mind. He says, he says, I found I found the answer to this thing. If the answer is the Lord Jesus Christ, the answer is I'm going to serve God with my mind. If you're looking to have abundant life here on earth and you're not just waiting to get to heaven and to live the miserable life, then the way you're going to experience the quality of life that the Bible promises is you have to start serving God with your mind, with your decisions, with your thoughts, renewing your mind to the word of God. Notice that your mind determines where your life goes, where your head goes is where your life goes. Proverbs says it like this, Proverbs 23 and 7. For as he thinks, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. Your experiences in life here at church, 
Your experiences in life is determined by your mind. The way you think is the way you stink. Are you with me? Your mind is the deciding factor to your experiences in life. Whatever your experience, oh, you got to catch this. Are you awake? Come on, are you listening? Your experience that you are experiencing right now in life has been already determined by the way you think. People say, well, I'm stuck in my marriage. No, you're not stuck in your marriage. You're stuck in your Come on. People say, oh, I'm stuck in my finances. You're not stuck in your finances. You're stuck in your, if you're stuck, you're not stuck out here. You're stuck right here. The quality of your life, the experience that you have in your life is all determined by your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And Paul says, I figured this thing out. The answer is this, is that, is that my decision maker determines who I'm going to to serve. He said, because I got this battle going on, and this flesh wants to ruin my life, but God's nature and God's spirit has a promise and a dream and a purpose and a calling for me. And he says, I'm just going back and forth. Oh, wretched man, what's going to heal me? What's going to deliver me? What's going to rescue me? He says, I know what it is. Oh, you're catching it. He says, I know what it is. He says, I got to start serving God with my my mind, because where my head goes is where my life goes. Well, how do we do that? How how we do? We 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 go on to to Romans eight five and six, and this is where we stopped last week. He says, uh, "For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh; but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit." For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Again, let me remind you, that's why we're here today. That's why some of you are at home watching, uh, streaming today. Why? Because you're looking for peace and chaos. And God's word has promised us peace. He's promised us life, the, the life, the life of God. And, and notice, that, notice that he says, those who set their minds on the things of the flesh, he says, you're going to have a life of destruction. But those that set their mind on the things of the Spirit, the Spirit, the Word of God is called Spirit and, and life. And what's interesting in, in worship team, you could begin to make your way back. What's interesting is that word set is a medical term in the Bible. It's kind of interesting because um, when I was a teenager, I actually broke four of my toes. <laughs> uh, not too many people have that testimony. But, but I was actually playing black basketball without shoes, and somebody came down on them and, and broke all four of my... Now, now, I have really long toes. Have you ever seen E.T.'s hands? It's kind of like... It's kinda, in fact, my wife makes me cover them up. If I'm at home, i got to put socks on. They're just really... I mean, they're out there. And so... And so... Um, and so I broke four of my toes, and it was the most painful thing I've ever gone through in my life. Because when we got to the doctor, uh, they had to begin to set every toe. They had to set it. Um, there were a couple of them that were pretty bad, and they had to set. The doctor says, I have to set the bone, and then he taped them, and then he bandaged them up. Because how many of you know you can't put a cast on toes? So, so he taped them and bandaged them, and then he said this statement. He says, now... 
and I don't know that this is medically true. I'm just telling you what I heard from the doctor. He says, he says now those toes that I have set are going to be stronger than they've ever been before. What's interesting is that this word set in the Bible is a medical term. And so God is, God is communicating and acknowledging when he uses that word set, he's acknowledging that your soul is broken. Oh, somebody hear me today. He says, I know that your soul is broken. I know that you came into this world with a broken soul because when Adam ate of that tree, it broke our soul. It, when we went to the tree for knowledge, Instead of God for knowledge. When we run to Google instead of the Word. Because I know some of you are saying, well, I would never have done what Adam done, but you do it all the time. I'll just go Google it. Well, why don't you go find it in the Word of God? Just because it's knowledge doesn't mean it's God's knowledge. That's some, that's some good shouting ground right there. Come on. And when Adam made a choice to get his knowledge outside of God, it broke humanity's soul, and we're wondering why we have so much struggle, why there's so much discouragement and so much depression and so much oppression. It's because the soul is broken, but, but, but God says those that set their minds on the Spirit, upon the Word of God, those, I'm acknowledging that your soul is broken, but if you'll let me set it with the Word of God, it'll be stronger than, it, oh, than it's ever been, it's ever been before. So if my marriage is broken, I can go to the Word of God and begin to let God set that bone of my marriage with the Word of God. Come on, somebody. If my finances are broken, I can go to the Word of God and begin to hear the Word of God. And that Word of God in that area of my life sets that bone. And then I become stronger in that area than I've ever been before. The mind that is set on Him... The Bible says in Isaiah 26 and 3, he says, you will keep him in perfect peace. That's what we're looking for. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Church, what are we looking for today? Oh, I wish I could get an amen in here. I, I wish I could get some help from those that are at home. Come on, is that not what we're looking for? Come on, pastors. We need some peace. I'm telling you how to get peace. It's all in a mind set. If you let God set your mind, if you let you set the bone of your life with the Word of God, your life will get stronger and stronger. You'll experience the peace of God. Nothing broken, nothing missing. But how many of you know that's going to take some work? We're going to have to start having a relationship with the Word of God again. Hello, somebody. But the Bible says you want perfect peace? Here's how it comes. It's the mind that has stayed on him because he trusts in him. So what are we to do? What do we do in this crisis, this pandemic? What, 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 are, we, what are we to do? Are we going to freak out like the rest of the world freaks out? Are we going to retreat? Are we going to hide? I said earlier, are we just going to drink our Coronas and hope for the best? What, what are we to do? If you've come looking for answers today, those that are online, if you're looking for answers today, it's, it's called a mindset. If you'll let God 
If you're lacking peace, if fear has been bombarding you and you're struggling and you're wanting to run, you're wanting to hide, you're wanting to retreat, I'm here to tell you, you need to let God grab those little toes of your life and reset those bones and begin to work miracles and strength. Come on, and begin to work his peace in your life. Well, what are we to do? You see, in in and through your flesh, I'm almost done, but hang with me because this is the meat of the, the word right here. It's through your flesh we're aware of all the dangers of the coronavirus, aren't we? Right? Without that flesh over there, you wouldn't have been able to, you wouldn't have been able to listen to all that news. Hello. So, so this guy makes you aware of what you're having an earthly experience. There's nothing wrong with that. Thank God that we're able to know if it's hot or cold, if it's rainy. So I know if I get an umbrella, this is very important. But you need to understand that it's through your flesh that you're aware of all the dangers of the coronavirus. It's through your flesh that you have been bombarded by the news of the day. Most of the news that we hear is, is creating a panicked, a panicked mindset. It's, it's, it's creating... It's creating a fearful mindset. It's creating a worried. It's creating a word. What? Because you have earthly experience in all that the world's talking about. What is the world talking about? They're not talking about the peace of God. When's the last time you heard this message this last week? You're not hearing that in your earthly experience. All you're hearing is panic. All you're hearing is fear. And now this person is feeding this person, the one that's going to make the decisions for your life. It's sending signals of panic. It's sending signals of fear. It's sending signals of torment. What in the world are we going, going to do? It's interesting that I was talking to a doctor yesterday before we made our decision to do what we're doing even in this room today. And um, he told me, he said, you know, if people only knew what was available every day of their life, but because the news hasn't told them, they would freak out. And the only reason why people are afraid of the coronavirus is because everybody's talking about it. But if they really knew what was available to destroy their life and kill it by the end of the day, they would never leave their home. That was a doctor. If you really knew what was outside your doorstep through germs and viruses, are you with me? what was out there ready to destroy you. If you really knew it all, you would, that's why God gave you an immune system. That's the reason why God has, oh, come on. The only reason why we're freaking out is because of all of the news media. Are you with me? So what are we to do? What are we going to do with this craziness? You know, the enemy... He's after your mind. Stay with me. Come on, don't miss this. I stayed up way too late. Got, got up way too early for you to miss this, those that are online. The enemy, here's what you need to know. He's after your mind. And the Bible says he's the God of this world. So he's looking to feed this earthly guy through impulses and news and knowledge and things that don't come from the word of God. He's after your mind, and he wants to use your body as having an earthly experience to be affected by panic and by fear. You know, church people will say the craziest stuff, won't they? 
They'll say, they'll say things like, well, the devil's after my car. Really? Like, like he wants to drive your car. People say, you know, the devil's after my job. No, really? He doesn't like your job. That's the reason why he gave it to you. People say the crazy, people say, say, well, the devil's after my husband. Really, really? Like he really wants your husband. Can I, can I talk to the church? The devil's after your mind. He's after your mind. Because where your mind goes is where your life goes. And if you don't take your mind and allow God to set your mind so that it can begin to experience the life of God and the plan of God and the desire of God and the assignment of God, you're going to live your life in this tug of war, freaking out, needing to get earthly solutions for the craziness that's going on. So what are we to do? We need a new mindset. We need to drive the devil out of our mind, out of our head. If you can drive him out of your head, you can drive him out of your life. That was better than what you're acting like. That's better than what you're... I've said if you get the devil out of your mind, you'll get him out of your life. If you get the devil out of your mind, you can get him out of your marriage. If you get the devil out of your mind, you can get him out of your family. Come on, you can get him out of your business. You've got to get him out of your mind. You've got to get those thoughts submitted to the word of all. Where are you getting your thinking from? You can't expect to have the life of God when all you do is spend your time listening to the world. You've got to have a relationship with the Word of God. You've got to have a mindset. You've got to have your bones set. You go, oh, somebody ought to get excited. We're going to get a mindset today. So, 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 uh, today I want to give you some breaking news. <laughs> I, I wish I had the sound that they do. Breaking news. Da, 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 da. Here we go. Oh, dear God, who died and what's happening and what bird flew or whatever's going on, right? Maybe by second service, you guys give me some sound or some little, little what do they call that? A, a sound bite. Yeah, give me a sound bite of some news stuff. Yeah. Breaking news. I got some breaking news for you, son. You, you might want to get ready. I'm almost done, but... I got breaking news for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got breaking news for the family of celebration. I got breaking news for those that are fearful. I got breaking news for those that are panicking. I got breaking news for the church. Come on, we're going to set. We're going to set our mind. What is the breaking news? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a what? A sound mind. Somebody shout over a sound mind. When's the last time CNN News told you that? When's the last time your Fox, your Christian Fox News told you that garbage? No, they're not telling you that. I have breaking news. What is it? Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon. Somebody shout, no weapon. And every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Are they putting those on the screen? Guys, you got those on there? I want them to see those. Psalms 34, 4. Notice what it says here. 
It says, when I needed the Lord, I looked for him. I called out to him. You guys have to listen really carefully. I called out to him, and he heard me and responded. He came and rescued me from everything that made me so afraid. That's the breaking news. In Psalms 103, verses 1 through 3, bless the Lord, all my soul. Come on, I got breaking news for everybody and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Come on, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And forget not all his benefits, who forgets all your iniquities. Check it out and heals all your diseases. Come on, are you with me? I don't know. Do you guys have those verses? How many of you know I'm reading the Bible? Breaking news. I got more for you. Because I figured if you're listening to all the hours of the other, you might as well listen to this. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, somebody needs to hear this, we are healed. I got breaking news for somebody here today. In Psalms 107, verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Got breaking news for somebody here, somebody online in Exodus 23. It says, I protect you from illness and I'll give you long, full lives. Why are you freaking out? Why are you panicking? Because God says, I'll protect you from illness. Psalms 91, it's our favorite one for many of us in this room. It says, we will live our lives within the shadow of God, most high. Our secret hiding place will always be shielded from harm, will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? It can't happen. Not, not when I'm hooked up with this guy right here. Come on. Come on. No evil, shall, no plague, no destruction shall come nigh. You have to listen. Listen, I know some of you, I don't know if I believe that. Well, you're going to get what you believe. But you're going to have to choose for yourself. As for me and my house, this is how it's going. It's, it's going down. It's all going down. Just come on. Healing's in my house. Provisions in my house. Deliverance is in my house. Come on. I know. I'm pretty excited. Almost done. Breaking news. Proverbs 18.10. God's name is a place of protection. God's people can run there and be safe. Psalms 4.8, I will lie down and sleep in peace. Whew. Come on, I will lie down and sleep in peace. One translation says, God will give you sweet sleep. I will lie down and sleep in peace. Oh, Lord, you alone keep me safe. I say, I wish you could see these on the screen because I think they'd have greater impact. But Isaiah 41 and 10. I'll stop with this one, breaking news. It says, do not be afraid. I am with you. I am your God. Hear, hear it today. Let nothing terrify you. I will make you strong and help you. I will protect you and save you. Come on, that's God's word. Somebody rejoice in this place over the word of God. Now, now, those were like 10 verses, and I know, oh, dear God, did you have to read all that if you want a new mindset, right? 
It's not the word that goes in one ear and out the other. It's the word that sticks in your life. And if you allow God's word to become your mindset, the Bible says what you'll experience is life and peace. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise, your instruction, your help. God, we're all, we're all in this world. We're all being bombarded. We're all struggling, God, to get this right. God, I thank you that you've given us help. You've given us answers. You've given us instructions that we can apply to our life. God, I pray over your people today in this room, those who are watching online, that God, the church would be the church in this hour. That God, that we would not panic and freak out like the rest of the world, that we would actually stand and be the answer and the help to the world. That we become the light. <laughs> God, that we could see as the church that this is our finest hour to help, to reach souls for the kingdom. Father, I thank you for a peace that passes all understanding. God, that is flowing into people's lives right now. God, I come against fear. I come against the spirit of fear. Take authority over it. And God, we just draw the line today as for, as for this house, as for my life. God, we choose not to fear. We choose faith over fear. I speak a mighty calm to every storm and to every tragedy. I speak health and healing to bodies. Father, we thank you for peace and comfort in our world. God, those that don't know your word, those that have never heard your promises, God, I pray that doors would be open, that, that God, that you would bring people into their pathway to, to share the love of God, the promises of God, the answers of God. That, God, the church would be the church, that we rise up and, and God, seize this moment to not only apply it to our own lives, but to help other people apply it to their lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 